Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, The Hunger Games, the movies, are turning 10 years old. So we thought we'd celebrate by watching The Hunger Games, brackets, 2012, close brackets. (laughs) I am joined as always by someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. And our guest who has not seen the film, it is Simon Haynes. Hello. Simon, uh, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's been a while. It has. Uh, I believe this is your first one of the fabulous year 2022. Yeah. It feels like only five years ago since the last one. Indeed. Because it was probably 2021. Indeed. Um, So just for the folks at home, uh, who are you, Simon, and what do you do? Uh, I guess I'm a photographer by trade, a prop builder. I also do a podcast called 60 Seconds to Comply, which is a minute-by-minute breakdown of the movie Robocop. Mm. And you're up to minute 69, I understand. Yes, 69 just came out, so it's nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully minute 70 is going to be out by the time this comes out. (laughs) I haven't finished editing it yet. Excellent. And uh, The Hunger Games, 2012. Um, What do you know about this film? Uh, I know it doesn't involve food. Um, what? <laughs> no, it's oh, that's um, why the hunger. It, it's pretty much the movie that made Jennifer Lawrence essentially a household name. That's mm. it's a YA novel series. I'm stretching here. Uh, there's something about you know odds things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, sort of vague knowledge of it is a thing. I try that people I, like. It wouldn't say I've avoided, but dystopian fiction is not really my kind of thing no not when we have so much of it around right now it's yeah. it just seems needless yeah <laughs> well i should say dystopian as a like as a major subject i like dystopia as a setting but i don't i've not been keen on dystopia as a as a form of the like the main expression of the films mm. or even literature i don't know yeah so there's so much dystopia at the moment it's just like ooh. yeah but, so, well, yeah, I'm probably one of the few people that haven't seen this gigantic blast blaster. Well, yeah. I also haven't seen it. Oh. Um, yeah, so I similarly am expecting uh, a food-eating contest, I, is what I think the Hunger Games are. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen the music video Fat by Weird Al Yankovic. I don't think it's going to be that. <laughs> no, well, luckily, uh, we have got someone here who has seen the film, uh, and I'm going to call them Hunger Games expert, Georgia Smith. <laughs> hey how, how are you doing, Georgia? I'm good. Uh, Georgia, you um, were... Last seen cowering from the movie Lake Mungo, um, <laughs> which was uh, genuinely unsettling. Uh, h- how have you been since then? Uh, just like still unpacking that film. Yeah. I feel like months later. Yeah, I I, I will admit uh, Rob Woods was right, um, as he is about a lot of things. Yeah. But yeah, I, I couldn't look out of a window when it was dark for like a week <laughs> without going... <laughs> so yeah um but i'm glad to see you're, you're uh, looking well yeah uh the hunger games yes um in a vague non-spoilery sort of way what can you tell simon and i who have not seen this film wh- what's it about oh where to begin um yeah so i was also obsessed with the books i think everyone should know oh. that i was mm-hmm. a ya in the time of its release <laughs> <laughs> and was very much in its wheelhouse um yeah it's about uh in this dystopian future there is 12 districts Mm -hmm. and the way that they allot uh like winnings and uh food and goods to different districts is by choosing two children from each district to fight to the death once a year Mm. um yeah that's basically i feel like that sums it up (laughs) sounds like the first film anyway yeah and then okay my brain is immediately going Much to the Running shoes. Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> but a lot more horrific. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I suppose as you're a fan of the books, h- how is this first film, how do you feel it is as an adaptation of that first book? Uh, <laughs> you're filling me with confidence. <laughs> no, 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 I really like it. I don't remember loving it as much at, at the time, but I have since sent Stephen an old status update from my Facebook of the first watching. Turns out I really loved it more than anyone should have. Um, and now it just holds like a nice little warm nostalgia place in my heart. And I rewatched them all like a year ago because okay. they, yeah. And I've bought, I haven't read it yet, but they released a prequel a couple of years ago to the book series, um, which I'm yet to read, but I've got it on the shelf of mm. things that I will one day maybe read. Um, yeah. Just like, holds a nice little warm spot in my heart. And I think they did a pretty good job of adapting it. There is one scene that I remember distinctly 
disappointing me from this book retelling and I've found the little passage if you, I'll oh, read it to you guys cool. later oh, um, cool. after we've seen the film but that's the one minute bit that I remember being like that wasn't how I imagined it in my brain excellent yeah. well uh, with all that being said shall we watch the film and uh, then get a book reading afterwards <laughs> definitely just a little bit just a teeny bit okay uh, for those of you listening at home pop on those DVDs load up those streaming services and may the odds be ever in your favour as we watch The Hunger Games. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The Hunger Games from 2012, and I'm joined once again by Georgia Smith. Hello. And Simon Haynes. Hello. Simon, that was your first time watching The Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, What did you think? Hungry. No, um, uh, I I enjoyed (laughs) it. Um, It's kind of, it's funny, because it's, I think I was saying earlier, it's kind of got a little bit of a reputation. Like, I think people have judged a little bit harshly over the years. Like, I've heard just a lot of things like, oh, the cinematography's terrible and stuff like that. It does suffer... from its era but no I think it was actually incredibly well made and I mm. really did enjoy it okay yeah uh, I, I, I must admit um, I, I I liked it more than I thought I was going to yeah I, I'll too. be honest because I, I similarly heard not that it was bad no. but just that it, it because it had a, a smaller budget than a lot of blockbusters at that time um, and we felt that in the special effects it, we did yeah but, but the like the I, I knew potentially that the strengths of this film weren't going to be the usual strengths for these films that it was going to come more from the acting mm. and i kind of have to say that it was good yeah. um and maybe better than a lot of films of that similar sort of era and um setting you know the sort of percy jackson harry potter <laughs> sort of world um <laughs> the, the production design mm. was amazing for yeah. the most part yeah uh, georgia you last watched this film last year as part of your big Hunger Games rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Or the year before. Re- how how was it revisiting? It's good fun. I like. It was very fun to watch it with people mm. that have never seen it before, mm. and me just being like, "All of these things have been stored in my brain since I was 16. Oh, we, we I'm were, glad that they're we were, now being experienced by someone else. We were else. such a peanut gallery, but it was. <laughs> I, it, this feels like in a great series to riff on. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we were chatting through most of that film but still engaged with it and yeah. I think that's that's the sign of an enjoyable film yeah. um, and it wasn't chatting being like I'm not interested I'm going to talk about cars <laughs> or something else we were talking about the film yeah mostly um, about how that one actor played two parts yeah yeah it's it, yes I, it turns out I have face blindness with uh, all his face. All, all like young uh, hot white guys <laughs> I, I just I, I can't tell the difference between them they all look like they're just wearing different shirts um but yeah the the world i think was quite interesting Mm. and i wasn't necessarily expecting to be as interested in uh, well what are all the different districts like like Mm. we saw 12 in a bit of detail we saw a little bit of 11 Mm -hmm. and we saw the capital and i i feel as though and judge you can correct me if i'm wrong here i feel as though one of the things this film achieved was it really set up um a world that i'm presuming the books similarly set up to like draw in the reader yeah i mean the book is so descriptive and like visceral like i remember i'm obviously was quite not obviously but i am quite it was quite an imaginative imaginative child Mm. so i always had a picture in my head of what was going on in the book Mm. and the hunger games was one of those books that it was like very crisp in my mind of what was happening so seeing the film i think the first time i was like this is slightly different than what was in my brain, but like actually closer than I had ever thought it was going to be. Hmm. So yeah, it was good to like revisit that. And having read like a bit of the book over the last couple of days as well, just like to revisit, I'm like, yeah, it does a a pretty good job. Hmm. And I mean, the story is, it's, it's fairly simple, but Hmm. I think it's having a simple story when you've got a setting like this you want to explore is arguably a strength. Yes. Mm -hmm. We know that we're following Katniss Evergreen as played by Jennifer Lawrence. We know that within the first few minutes, she's good with bows. So we know that that's probably what she's going to be doing later in the film. Mm -hmm. And we know that, you know, the districts are poor. Well, some of them are poor. The ones we see are poor. Mm. And uh, there are some rich people who are running a contest that you have to join up for. 
and we know that the second half of this film is going to be um, battle royale, but yeah. with um, tweens. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, it's it's um, yeah, and it's it it does it all very well, and I think that the details that are shown through lots of different aspects, sound design, costuming, mm. um, uh, it, it just all comes across to make this thing that is quite engaging. Mm. The uh, production values alone in this movie. Mm. Okay, we have nitpicks about especially CGI flames and some of the special effects, but for a relatively low-budget blockbuster, you can't expect the best. But just looking at the costume design, the... I say about cinematography, I like the fact that you can visually see the poverty and all that and as the evolution of the characters and the, the colour and everything, yeah, it's a bit uh, desaturated, but that just adds to the character and stuff mm. like that. I love all that. That was mm. really good. Yeah. It's... It, it, I think it's kind of a tricky one to discuss in some respects mm. without going into a bit of detail about the book, which is why, Georgia, you being <laughs> a big fan of the books is um, so so lovely. And I guess from from that book fan perspective, um, you were saying before that you felt as well. Your Facebook status confirmed that you felt it was amazing <laughs> this adaptation. But but what is it about the adaptation that um, for, for you you feel was really important that they did translate to screen? I think because of the dystopian setting and like you know when you're reading in high school and you're like unpacking it all and you're like they want me to think that I could be in this world and therefore I have to like always be aware of what the government's doing mm. and then they cast Jennifer Lawrence who was like, re- like quite unknown at the time like mm. she wasn't a big name and this pushed her into sort of like being a much bigger character than she ever had been mm. so she sort of was this like every girl and Josh Hutchison has like had been in a few things mm-hmm. Liam, Liam Hemsworth was like around but they were all sort of like apart from those big name char- like actors that played the big over the top characters mm. from the capital mm. all the others sort of were like this could be me and this is why I have to distrust the government and I think it's like does it in the best way for like a tween yeah <laughs> like that you were like stay alert <laughs> like and I think it, it, it is quite the cast of, for, for back then, mostly, most of the people we're spending the most time with are people we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, Josh Hutchinson hadn't been Spider-Man in those three Spider-Man movies <laughs> since then, because he looks almost exactly like Tom Holland. If you have not watched this, I couldn't get over it. That was so The whole time. No, no, just... let's get the right one. Wish Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, wish list Tom Holland. He's... he's he just looks like him in so many scenes, which made me actually kind of like Peter more. I, like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Spider-Man, you're going to get out of here. <laughs> no, because he's blonde. So he's the Ben, he's the Peter, Peter Parker from Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, so yes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, but yes, having a, a, a Jennifer Lawrence who was not a big name star as, as she is these days, you know, having not even the, the top level Hemsworth in it. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's those kind of things. But then... Well, hang on. This is 992, so... Chris Hemsworth had only didn't like just done Thor. Yeah, well, so, the, well, Avengers was about to come Avengers out. Avengers about to come yeah, out. So, so yeah, was he top level Hemsworth at that point? Yeah, um, but but then I think the the cast that we see in the sort of elite setting, mm. uh, they they filled that out with. I'm going to say one of the best cast young adult films yeah. I think I've seen. Yeah. Like I would put it up there with the casting for the Harry Potter films because I think those films are exceptionally yeah. well oh. cast. Well, this, so what was it, Ellie? The uh, their agent, Effie? Effie. That's it. Yeah, that's Elizabeth Banks. It is yeah. who played Bretty Brandt in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. So there is oh. a connection. There, there we go. There we go. But yeah, I mean, we'll get onto my love for Effie Trinket as well because <laughs> you know, let's do it right now. That was such a fantastic character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who. And and the performance specifically from Elizabeth Banks. Just the best offline, off camera <laughs> yeah. line in the film. That is mahogany. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> so good. Yeah, but but it's perfect. It, I think it's actually really difficult to play those characters that are so absurdly not fitting into the world, but so mm-hmm. much a part of it as well. To, I'm going to be making a lot of comparisons to to Harry Potter, I guess, today. Mm. But she's got that sort of Dolores Umbridge energy mm. i mean she has the coloring as well but she's got the um that sort of energy of someone who is just so in that world in such a specific part of that world that they just almost dominate everything that they're in scene wise mm. yeah 
But it's really important you get that right, because otherwise it feels like... Uh, sl- not slapstick, well, a parody or character. Yeah, and they did all of the capital costuming mm. in terms of the budget, like, quite... Yeah. Did it quite, like, well. Mm. Like, because in the book, they all have, like, ridiculous plastic surgery and they just look, like, almost unhum- unhuman because they're so glamorized yeah. mm. but they just like slapped a bunch of makeup and had an incredible costume because that's what the budget allowed and that was mm. the perfect way to do it it is still a great uh critique on celebrity culture in that context yeah. even in the, within this film like the whole idea that they've taken these poor people from these districts and they have to glamorize and you know yeah. you have to be showered twice because you're still not clean enough and mm. yeah. the image consultants and so it's a very good critique on that kind of culture. And, and yeah, I think that mm. character is brilliant because she's the first hint. So she's actually quite subdued, mm. character, like colorized and all that mm-hmm. compared to everyone else. Mm. But she is the first step into that world. Well, she's the first one they see. She comes yeah. From yeah. The well, she's the first one that, that, that we, we, we see, see that they see. Yeah. But the very first one we see is Stanley Tucci because right oh, at the yeah. start of the film, mm. he's interviewing Crane, who runs the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really interesting how Tucci's character, um, uh, Caesar Flicker, is what I've got written yeah, here. Yeah, that's his name. Um, the names in this are <laughs> remarkable. Uh, but so have what, it, what, was what was Katniss's sister's name again? I still Primrose. don't remember. Primrose, <laughs> still which, is, which is actually like a perfectly normal name. <laughs> yeah. But yes, um, uh, yeah, having Stanley Tucci's character of Caesar framing the sort of um, late-night talk show sort of style mm. and, and like the glittery suit the huge almost like Mozart like blue oh, wig yeah. he was wearing and the fact he appears as a vision during um, Katniss's like drug, drug trip from the bees <laughs> stinging her it, it, I thought it was really interesting that they chose to frame a lot of this film through how media portrayed the Hunger Games mm-hmm. and it, it sort of felt like it was n- it was quite a subtle way of doing that that thing that dystopians uh, dystopian stories often do of media control of a populace. Mm. Um, and I, I just thought it was really... It's not subtle, but it oh. feels subtle because it's at no point is someone pointing the screen and go, he's just telling you what to think, man! <laughs> like, that never happens. It, it just demonstrates it for you. Yeah, it, I did make a slight joke that it reminds me of, you know, a joke about The Running Man, but it is the same kind of feeling, like mm. the whole idea of the uh, state-slash-media... Me- state controlled and you know how they manipulate the narrative and i like how like it's not just we're flowing in these people in there no these people are going yeah let's set half of the forest on fire just to flush out catnip and make it more interesting and mm. then add fireballs and then add dogs yeah you know, so it's as much as like they want these things to feel natural it's again very much a critique on monday mm. uh media yeah. i like it and I there like was that. a lot of there was a lot of different media that ended up popping yeah. up as references while we were talking. Like the Truman Show came up quite a lot. Yeah. You, you trap someone in a dome, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. talk about the Truman Show. <laughs> but it, it did feel in, in, like an interesting uh, look at like a very extreme version of what reality television is. Yes, mm-hmm. um, yes. and it, yeah, it's 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 just really interesting. Like uh, having known nothing about this world until today, now I'm like, so how long? Does President Snow get elected for? Is it like four-year terms? Is he got a term limit? Like just things like that. You assume he gets elected. <laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah, it's you know there are all these things about the world where I'm like, what? If no one thought to say to Effie Trinket, that's a bit much for a I bunch just, of coal miners. I really maybe. just want you to watch the rest of the films now, <laughs> so or like I'll, read all of the books. I'll be honest. I know a bit more about some of the later films and how it's essentially like. I don't. The funny thing is, I know less about the Hunger Games because it is essentially set up for the later ones Mm -hmm. like how it is a bit about the whole idea of like Katniss uh, having to deal with celebrity culture more directly being the winner and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. and the eventual overthrow of the government and all that type of Mm -hmm. stuff so that's like books two and three I think even I think from from watching this first film that's the only way this series can go oh yeah Yeah. like watching it yeah I mean you watch that someone flip that train cart in District 11 you're like well this is the next film isn't it yeah yeah. (laughs) so it's one of those things where this this is a great world building where you can see that this is clearly a place where the world is at that boiling point and it just needs that tip over which is yeah. which is great narratively speaking but when we start thinking about real world politics it's like we've been at that point for a while mm. not, not advocating violence I'm advocating change mm. but yeah the system can they're going to track it back to this podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah down with the government um, 
Oh, okay. Uh, the the uh, Cinema Catch-Up Club does not officially support the overthrow of any government. Uh, the Cinema Catch-Up right Club now. support... No, I'm kidding. Yes. No, it, um, but you, you, I see what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting how they choose to show it through what is essentially a piece of entertainment. And the fact that Rue's death... Mm. being the catalyst it, it's honestly it's it's not the death because initially no. when it happened I was like oh what makes Rue so different from the literal hundreds of children that would have been murdered over mm-hmm. the years it of is this the competition. 74th games yeah yes. and then going but it's not Rue's death that is the significant thing it is the respect that Katniss shows to Rue by yeah. performing the small funeral service and doing the three finger salute to yeah. where she knows a camera will be and it's that act of two strangers one of whom has now died, the other one showing them that respect, despite the fact they're from different districts. Yeah. I think the fact that they're portrayed by actors of different uh, skin color as well, different ethnicity, is yeah. partly significant for that as well. And that being sort of the catalyst for that one guy in District 11 to go, well, this table's had it, I'm going to flip it, <laughs> and then go punch that guard in the face, and starting the riots, mm. is, is it's really well told it's, re- it's really good effective um, visual storytelling and I'm gonna have to bring it down because again you still have to look at this movie as a piece of media filtered through a Hollywood system which mm-hmm. makes these depictions of rebellion and revolt but still ultimately will fund okay big swipe at Disney mm. they just uh, was paid money to support this don't say gay bill and now people are protesting about that and people are trying, well, not so much boycott, they, there was just recently a walkout of the employees from all the LBGTQ plus people. Mm. And so it's a thing where the media corporations don't care. They want to make money. This is capitalism mm. after all. So it's mm. a sad thing when we've got these capitalistic ventures that can produce this type of stuff, but they don't, they don't particularly care. True, but I also think and I agree with, with largely what you say there, but also this, I think it is dangerous to lump an entire practice like no, media no. into, oh, well, they're all like that. Like Lionsgate <laughs> are not, as far as I'm aware, part no. of the Walt Disney Corporation. But the thing, that, that's just it, is, you know, whilst I definitely agree, you know, stuff does get, there, there is some mm. level of filtration. and But the fact is, is, there, there have been lots of stories about yeah. tearing down systems and rebelling them. And the point isn't that you tear down the system, it's that you become introspective and that mm. you read about, God, this system's bad, and you go, and it rhymes with a system I'm familiar with. Yes. And that is that, that that is subversive, and it doesn't necessarily lead to things being changed, yeah. but it's important because it, it can is. help with change down the line, change on oh, the ground. I'm but just but also painting out that paint. And more points, you know, that yeah. you know, unfortunately we have to consider these things as part of media analysis. Like, yeah. yeah, we we keep talking about this, but unfortunately there's a system in place. Yes. Um, let's jump back to someone we haven't touched on yet, which is Woody Harrelson. Oh, yes! <laughs> Who is um, very good. Cosplaying as Owen Wilson. Yeah, cosplaying as <laughs> Owen Wilson. Uh, in, in the role of Hamish. Um, and he... I think I, he's my favourite guy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great. And I feel as though my, my appreciation for Woody Harrelson has only really kicked in in the last couple of years. I feel like I hadn't yeah. seen a lot of his stuff until recently. And he just is... He's just Woody Harrelson in some respects in this role. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of, like... There is acting happening, but the thing is, is he's so... He's so very good at playing that that character yeah. who is usually Woody Harrelson. He does have a good interesting yeah. character art because he starts off being this like, oh, I don't care, rah, 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 I'm just mm. going to get drunk. And then he starts to develop this fondness for Katniss and stuff like that. And he's trying to help them. Mm. It could just be he's seeing a winning horse and betting his money. Well, on it, yeah, there being the, the premise is that as the only other winner from District 12. Yeah. He has had to be the mentor every year since yes. all of the children that have then gone on and died. Yeah. So this is like the one so time where he's like, hey, actually, these kids are like asking for real advice, like actually taking the time to get to know me. Mm might have some pliable skills in the games. <laughs> Maybe now's the time hmm. to like 
I I feel like he's not given a shit for so long because he also like has you know incredibly like <laughs> a, led an incredibly different difficult life since winning the games and also like he's not a famed winner mm. because the the backstory is that like the way that he won the game wasn't as respected oh. by the capital yeah. in break his down time. Some competition. So uh. is, that something that, no, is that something that happens in the later movies as well, or is that just like backfiller in the book? I think it's just backfiller in the oh, book. That's a shame. I think, but yeah, like he's just yeah, it's just like has led this other like has this life up to this point, and he's like maybe I can start giving a little bit of a shit because they won't be the first ones to die potentially. Mm. And then yeah, you see him like really actually like taking a stand for them at the end and being like, yeah. mm. it's not just that they're star-crossed lovers, man. It's that they could actually win and that I could have some hope in my life again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also in the um, good older dad figure supporting role is Lenny Kravitz oh, as so Sinner. Good. Who is, oh God, I didn't recognise him at the Afro. Yeah, but he's he's very good. You know, mm, he's just this, so he's a fashion designer with a heart, <laughs> and he's um, lovely. He's he's just a really nice um, mm. bit of reassurance in mm-hmm. this sort of cruel, horrible world that the characters are inhabiting. Um, we we get to about halfway through the film, and then they get unleashed in the Hunger Games arena, arena I yeah. guess, uh, and the murders begin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was. Dunk. It was brutal. It was yeah, yeah. and it, but it was. I, I don't know if you know child murder can ever be done tastefully, no. uh, but I, I feel as though it was. It was shot in a way that I felt was really engaging as a viewer. In that it was entirely from. It almost felt like it was Katniss remembering. Yeah. Like just yeah. after the fact, because it was lots of quick cuts, lots of movement. Mm. Did that guy just get his leg cut off? I'm not sure because the, the the way the camera moves and the images are blurry, really just emphasizes that it is not about the the glory of battle and conquest. Mm. It is about survival. This is why yeah. I like the cinematography and the sound design, especially in these moments where you're you're literally in Katniss's world with all this chaos going on and. You're as blindsided as she is in many ways. And yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, the second half of the film is just Rambo First Blood. Yeah. But with (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, And it was was great. (laughs) Oh, my God. They didn't do Chekhov's Rambo's First Blood trap. No. No, they set up that trap and we never... Never got triggered. Maybe it'll come back in a later film. But we're walking along and... Yeah. Suddenly, someone will trigger the trap. The third movie comes along, and they're walking around hand in hand, and it's like, boom! Mm. Damn. But yeah, there was there was some good um, some good use of the environment, though. Mm. The um, you know, sawing the beam to drop the hor- death hornets on yeah. the tracker jacks. Yeah, on the on the sleeping jocks. That was um, that was that was great. That was that was clever. It was fun. Someone got murdered, obviously, by yeah. the brew th- Yeah, and it was pretty so rough as well. Katniss's kill count was like three. I mean, the Hornets technically killed. <laughs> she was the instigating factor. Yeah. yeah. And then there was... Well, it was uh, the, guy, the guy that killed Rue, who she shot yeah, in the chest uh, before. Jack Quaid. Yeah, yeah, so Jack Quaid. And I can't believe it's not Josh Washington, the two. Yeah, Kato. So, Kato. yeah, she killed yeah. two, I guess. Yeah. Because she didn't well, kill... She killed two directly. She didn't kill well, Clover, because that was the other District 11 kid who, yes. like, yeah. killed her because she yeah. looked after Rue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think she only directly killed those two. Yeah. I'm still going to say three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Tracker Dragons were pretty brutal. Yeah. But um, they were they were peacefully there. It's not a Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> um, Georgia. Yes. Um, I, I want to talk about a romance because <laughs> there is a love triangle. Love I don't know if it counts as a love triangle if two of the parties don't know e- about each other. <laughs> I think it's more of like a love V with Jennifer Lawrence in the middle. And on one side, uh, wish list uh, Tom Holland. And on the other side, wish list Taylor Lautner. Uh, <laughs> who, who we get a bit of setup with the character of Gail at the beginning of the film. Um, who's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm like you. I'm just sick of this place too. I'm not going to do anything about it though. Because like, it's, this whole system's bad, man. And then we see him just watch the program get progressively sadder in the second half of the film. <laughs> as she's making out with Peter in the cave. But true. but I am I am curious though as uh, as someone who these books and this film was pretty squarely aimed at in terms of the like uh, you know um, young adult particularly young adult female audience did it did it work for you were you like were you in- invested in that as much as other aspects of the, of the story I mean I was invested in 
Katniss staying alive. Mm. And in the book especially, they do it a little bit because there's a lot of subtext you can use in film. Mm. But in the book, they're like, this is the way to win the game. Like, mm. you hold hands on the first cart ride into the Capitals, like, winner's stadium. Mm. When you're introduced, you, like, run that play to the end. And so I was just like... And there is a lot of, like, background of her being like, what will Gail think of this? <laughs> like, mm. all of this sort of stuff. Um, which, obviously, they just show with Gail's, like, full-on looks at the television. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, it was just, like, she just, like, has to make all these decisions. And then, yeah, in the end, like, the, all the love stuff continues into the next few films okay. mm. and books. And I remember my friend and I being like, I just don't know if that's the way that I would have gone. <laughs> but like, so being quite invested, but like also being like, it's just part of the way that she's got to stay alive. Mm. And I just actually like her being a strong, powerful woman and yeah. didn't care as much about... Because there was one point, Simon, that you reacted to gameplay. quite strongly, which was when she thought Peter had died from eating the nightshade. Mm. And she was very sort of like Peter oh my god you're okay and oh, he, he, yeah. you made a comment some along the lines of what happened to my what? strong independent woman <laughs> no I just actually my specific was like, what happened to my badass yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like this character just then okay yeah but I think because the chemistry's not there maybe like, yeah although I think that's a deliberate choice mm. like I think it's I think that's in Katniss, the books as well Katniss it's just doesn't like particularly I guess care. I'm guess I'm <laughs> yeah and like they have that moment in the cave, but it feels so forced because we also know that, like, you know, from Katniss' point of view, mm. like, she's essentially being directed. Yeah, I mean, also in the book, I was reading, so, trying to find that bit. <laughs> I just read, it, reread the line. So I, mean, I, I wash your shorts in in the river for you, Peter, while you just sit over there after he's been like stabbed in the leg, <laughs> and he's like. And she's like, I'll turn around so I can't see. And he's like, I don't care if you see in the books. And she's like, no, I'll turn around, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind so there good. being the concern or anything like that. But then it felt like she just turned to just this weeping character. I was just like, mm. that feels off for this. Sometimes the most badass thing you can do is care for another human being. Oh, no, so maybe <laughs> it's that. But, but it, it, it's... I mean, I it guess is, I'll never be that badass. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it, it, it's a tricky balance, I think, particularly yeah. when you you have lead characters like that. And mm. I think it's partly, again, it's a question that gets raised because it's a female character. It, it, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I feel as though we expect male characters in those situations to be that emotional and to change mm-hmm. on a dime where it's like, oh, but it's the, the girl that I like. Are you okay? Oh, like that kind of thing, to, mm. to generalise all men with that one voice. <laughs> uh, but but, 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 but it's, it's what we've come to expect from male characters in these in these sorts of things. No, I'm thinking more from a meta-narrative point of view. Like, uh, if I'm just there going, this just doesn't feel right for what these characters have been through. Like, yeah, there should be things, but she felt a little bit too open. Mm. I think Although Rue was still pretty freshly dead. <laughs> Like, oh, it, yeah. it, it could just she be just a... She just can't lose another friend. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the other problem with Rue is that we get, uh, what, less than 10 minutes of screen time together with these two characters. And I think most of the time we spend with these two characters, one is dead. Yeah. So, again, it's... Mm. Yeah. Look, uh, maybe, uh, and Georgia may be able to confirm this, it's something that comes across slightly better in the book because you get more of that time. Yeah, I'm imagining yeah. that's a yeah. thing. Just from the act of reading, taking longer than watching yeah. the film, yeah. you get more time to so, sit in that And my very imaginative brain yeah, <laughs> really so building that This world. is a book question. So this movie is essentially two halves. We've got the first half, which is the setup of mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the background, all the stuff, and the second half is the Hunger Games. In the book, what's that ratio like? Because I imagine the book... The Hunger Games itself can take longer, and that's yeah. the other thing. This felt it, like it—they rushed to the end, and that's something we can get into a little bit with mm. when we're talking about dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's this time span which I liked. I liked the actual all that stuff, but mm. then it felt like, oh shit, we spent too much time here. We've got to try and rush to get to that point, mm. and that's why I think those some of those moments with Rue, uh, maybe all that stuff with Peter and the developments, like that's probably why it feels a bit too. Not great for me. Yeah, it could be. That's um, probably it. But, I mean, again, you know, once you get into that situation, you've got a limited yeah. set of characters, this even though there's a lot of them. And Rue is there to serve the purpose yeah. of furthering uh, Katniss's story. Yes. Um, and, but but also being that inciting incident for the riots as well. I can the almost game see... Isn't, the book is in at least three parts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the games start on Chapter 10. So this feels so like... About a third? a third of the way. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So this is, I think, one of the problems when it comes to book adaptations because you've got so much volume of 
information in there and you've got to essentially compact it down into such a small time part of me is there going I kind of would like to see like a short limited run series of like of like the HBO Netflix variety mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. actually draw out some of that stuff so when we get to these moments they do have impact yeah yeah yeah, but you know, you got a two-hour, twenty-minute film, so yeah. it's and I, I still think they had impact. Yeah, uh, no. but you're right; it could have been, it could have been so much more. We're just greedy. We're greedy yeah, for we, emotions. Yeah. Give us more, please. Yeah. Mm, 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 it mm. wasn't bad. It just kind of makes me just go, oh, yeah, hungry. Maybe you could maybe read a bit the hungry. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The appropriate emotion. Maybe reading the books will help. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> um, Georgia, before we move on, yes. um, you said there was a section of <laughs> this film that. Um, that it didn't just quite get right. Although compared to the book, there was like a yeah. minute. What, what what was that section? The dogs at the end. Oh, yes. Or the mutts. The CGI dogs. The CGI A little bit mutts. like chimpanzees. Just <laughs> yeah. in no, the no, no, no. They looked like terror dogs. Mm. They just were not... So in the book, as I read to the guys earlier, um, they are like re-embodied... Pre- like the previous contestants that have been killed so far. Mm. They have different hair colours. Their eyes look exactly like Foxface's eyes and Glimmer's eyes and then Rue's eyes. Oh, that's that's and brutal. it's really in the book. I remember reading it and it being like so visceral. I mean, being like, no, not Rue as a mean dog that she now has to kill mm. or be killed by. And then, yeah, there's this whole bit of the book where it's really in Katniss's head and she's like, do they are they using the real eyes of these people and their real memories? Have they reincarnated the dead <laughs> children as dogs? And are they out for blood? as revenge because they have the memory of their recent death and And there's just all of this build up and then in the film they are just some angry bitey dogs yeah I don't know if that would have worked as well in the film simply because the visual effects were not quite there yeah and you also don't have like Simon was saying, the emotional connection yeah. to especially like Glimmer the, and if, Foxface. Like you yeah. don't care really about yeah. their yeah. deaths. In the in the books, I can imagine like if Rue is someone you're really close with and then they're turned into this vicious creature, you can be like, no, Rue, don't betray your friend yeah. like that. You're a bad, <laughs> bad dog. person dog yeah. for doing that. Yeah, yeah. you'd be like, down newspaper. Rue, sit. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad they cut that on reflection. Yeah, but, but yeah, I also now like as a much older adult watching the film, like I just don't think they ever could have made it work. But I remember watching it, being like, God, that bit was so visceral. Like in my mind, I really saw those mm. human dogs, mm. and then to see those not very good CGI dogs, <laughs> it was like quite a letdown. But yeah. only because I was like, but in my brain, guys, it was so good. Yeah. The uh, games conclude with mm-hmm. um, joint winners. Hooray. <laughs> and uh, if ever there was a joint winner, it is Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, she's uh, <laughs> very much there um, uh, celebrating. Uh, hey, hey, Mitch is like, okay, you, you, might, you might have won the game with, with your TV boyfriend, but you're in trouble now. And we get a little bit of President Snow oh, that get, m- moving the gears and looking pensively, sucking on his thumb as he watches the, the screen. We see um, old fancy beard Crane getting locked in a room with just some nightshade berries. That was funny. And it's like, oh, wheels are turning and I want to see where they stop. And um, I'm guessing, Georgia, that the next film slash book shows us the next stop. Yeah. The next Hunger Games Mm. is all of the winners, living winners, not all, but like previous living winners Mm. from different districts into the games together. So Peter and Katniss fight again, but against this old woman and the other boy that won from like, I can't remember, District 10 or something. Does does that mean Hamish gets dragged back into it? No, because they use Katniss and... Oh, I see. So it's the Um, the district's... A district's district's winner. Winner, yeah. So they're just recycling ideas. Yeah, but like in a brutal way to be like, you can't, no joint winners again. No, no, Mm. this is the time that Mm. things, and like all of these people that have been praised in their districts since they won the games now get thrown back into the arena that almost killed them Mm. and they have to fight again. And, but then obviously it all goes to shit because the games don't finish. Yeah. Spoiler. Um, Okay. Well, (laughs) we we look forward to it when we eventually get to. Hunger Games 2, uh, Hungrier Games, I guess, uh, <laughs> whatever it's called. Mockingjay, Mocking, maybe? Or, Mo- uh, I can't remember if Mockingjay was the third one. Catching Fire either. and Mockingjay, I know they're two of them. Yeah, that's it. I yeah. can't remember what it is. Catching CGI Fire. I mean, they're on my fire. shelf over there. I <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, yes, uh, before we get to the trivia as well, uh, Georgia, you have a page selected. Page. Uh, page oh. 80, I believe. 
is a page. Yeah, there was something you wanted to share. Um, it's just about the dress and the real flames. Oh god. Um, mm. So they talk about how the coal miners, the coal mines, is the theme of the district mm-hmm. and that coal miners have been done to death and one year they had just people naked covered in black dust black powder <laughs> to represent the coal dust mm. it was always dreadful and does nothing to win favor with the crowd i prepare myself for the worst so i'll be in a coal miners outfit i ask hoping it won't be indecent not exactly you see Portia and i think that the coal miners things coal miner things very overdone no one will remember you in that we both see it as our job to make the district 12 tributes unforgettable says cena i'll be naked for sure i think (laughs) so rather than focus on the coal mining itself we're going to focus on the coal says cena naked and covered in black dust i think (laughs) and what do we do with coal we burn it says cena you're not afraid of fire are you katniss he sees my expression and grins a few hours later i am dressed in what will either be the most sensational or deadliest costume in the opening ceremonies i'm in a simple black unitard that covers me from ankle to neck shiny leather boots lace up to my knees but it's the fluttering cape made of streams of orange yellow and red and the matching headpiece that defines this costume Cena plans plans to set them on fire just before our chariot rolls into the streets wow and didn't it look <laughs> something <laughs> like that in the film <laughs> it it's looked- not real flame of course just a little synthetic fire Portia and I came up with you'll be perfectly safe but how synthetic did it look <laughs> it, well in that case very true to the book <laughs> It definitely looked like very fake fire. Yeah. And it's a good thing they had a cosplay next to her. Yes, yes. Peter, no. Peter's <laughs> cosplay. Oh, Peter's cosplay skills were insane. immaculate. Yeah, like when he's that rock. Yeah. Ri- so I, I truly believed he was a rock. Yeah, it was amazing. He was really just... embodied the rock. Yeah. He, he just... not, not that rock. Not the rock. <laughs> not the rock. It wasn't Dwayne Johnson. No, no, no. no. Was, yeah. Would you guys like some trivia about the Hunger Games 2012 film? Please. Please. Okay, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. <laughs> There was a swear jar on the set of The Hunger Games. The co-writer and director, Gary Ross, <laughs> said that half of the contributions were from Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, figured. If you've got a set with children, I think a swear jar is an appropriate thing. Yeah. Um, yes. While horsing around on set, Jennifer Lawrence accidentally kicked Josh, Josh Hutchison in the head, <laughs> knocking him out and resulting in a concussion. I just want to know what Those level of guys. what level of horsing around happens yeah, where Jennifer Lawrence kicked you in the face. Maybe with the real horse. <laughs> could be, could be, but yeah. Um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence was paid what was for her um, a high fee at that time of half a million dollars. Mm. Look for everyone, that's that's a pretty high fee. Yeah. 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 I'd take it. Yeah, I'd take it. Yeah. Um, it took her a few days to accept the role because she was unsure about how the role was going to affect her career. Obviously, these books were. A pretty big deal, uh, you know. People were going, "Is this going to be the next Harry Potter?" And it was like, eh, "It's better because I don't think it, it was an interesting is time because they were just kind of greenlighting <laughs> as much YA stuff as possible." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, this came out the year after the final uh, Potter film. Yeah. Um. So, or at least I'm pretty sure the final one came out in 2011. And well, yeah, some of that. Yeah, yeah. So, so like people were like, "Yes, get them all made." And and Twilight, I think, was also was being made by. Uh, no, it's like no, it was a third or. Would have been yeah, around about the 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 later Twilight. So yeah, it's an understandable concern to go. Yeah, this might actually really affect my career if it takes off in a big way, as as it did. Um, But luckily, uh, the Hunger Games: Catching Fire, which was released in 2013, uh, saw her salary increase from half a million dollars to ten million dollars. So yes, I I, and I, I can't think of anyone they could have cast that would have played that role better. She really did hold this movie together yeah. by herself. She was the main lead and she had to step up her game mm. whatever w- was previous work and she she nailed it. Yeah. And you know, we make a lot of jokes about, oh, she likes pot and <laughs> she says kooky things sometimes. Um but you know what, they're not bad traits. <laughs> like if that's the thing that you're known for for being a good actor and being a bit of a laugh as well. Yeah. Yeah, good on you Jennifer Lawrence is what we're saying. Uh, Donald Sutherland saw the script uh, by accident. (laughs) Uh, And when he read it, he lobbied to play the role of President Snow because he felt that this film reminded him, or the script at least, reminded him of Stanley Kubrick's 1957 film, Paths of Glory. Hmm. Um, He succeeded in getting the role after he wrote a letter of plea to Gary Ross explaining why he should be cast. <laughs> How great must it have felt to be Gary Ross opening a, opening a letter to have Donald Sutherland being like, oh let God. me be in your YA film. I want to play President Snow, please. Like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. And and again, he was... And President Snow arc is 
amazing mm. in the books and pretty well done in the film. So okay. well, it's good. Ooh, looking forward to it. Uh, during a New York Magazine interview, Wes Bentley, who played Crane. Oh, that's it. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> I was trying to think of his name all movie. I'm thinking, what the hell is American Beauty? Yes. Uh, Wes Bentley said that uh, the extremely unusual beard he wore as um, <laughs> Seneca Crane was styled from his own real beard. It was not created with uh, any attachments. Um, Bentley said that... See this weird shit? I did this myself. Yeah. yeah. He's starved, starved beard. Starburns uh, from Community. Starburns yeah. from same, Community. Same, yeah. same thing. Same vibe. Um, Bentley said that while they were making this film, they were shooting it in North Carolina, he would uh, often go to the local Target to buy things like baby formula while still sporting that beard. <laughs> <laughs> You don't really have a choice when yeah. it's when, no. that's the, yeah. when you've decided to be like, I can grow this. You myself. committed to then the look. You've, yeah. you've got to own it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is friends with um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Um, so because she'd grown up knowing um, Lenny Kravitz, she really struggled using his first name because she always called him Mr. Kravitz. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like a very American thing of yeah. using the surname of the parents of your friends, hmm. where it's like, you know, yes, Mrs. Kravitz or, or whatever. Um, so she kept calling him Mr. Kravitz on set, and uh, Kravitz quickly found that the rest of the cast and crew also started calling him Mr. Kravitz because <laughs> they thought, oh, he has to be I'll, called Mr. Kravitz because Jennifer be, Lawrence is calling him that. I'll be honest, if I met him, I would be calling him Mr. Kravitz. Yeah, but um, I just thought it was really sweet where she's like, hi, Mr. Kravitz, and then everyone else is like, okay, let's get Mr. Kravitz on set. <laughs> Um, the final bit of trivia is that Lenny Kravitz was cast for the role of Sinner without auditioning uh, after co-writer and director Gary Ross was impressed by his brief performance in 2009's Precious. Um, which, you know, he's, he's, a good, he's a good actor, Lenny Kravitz. You know, yeah. we all think of the music, but he's, mm. he's got some acting jobs. Um, and, and then, of course, um, uh, because most of Sinner's scenes were with uh, Katniss, uh, Kravitz learned as much as he could about Jennifer Lawrence um, through his daughter Zoe, just to be like, okay, we're going to be acting together. How do we do this? Uh, Zoe and uh, Lawrence also appeared in X Men First Class together the previous year. Mm. Trying to think. Oh, it's been a while since seen First mm. Class. But yes. Uh, wow. Uh, so, all that remains for us to do is to score the film. And Simon, you get to go first. What score would you give Hunger Games 2012 out of 10? Oh, I'm actually having difficulty. Um, I think I'll give it seven and a half mahogany tables out of ten. That's mahogany. <laughs> mahogany. Uh, it's it's yeah. That, that, uh, it's pretty it's good. not the best film, mm. but I really enjoyed it. I think it probably cops a lot of stuff for being well of the year shaky cam, but I think the shaky cam worked in the contexts that it did. And I think it, it mm. gave a sense of unease, which is kind of what you needed. Mm. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. And I, I am probably now probably going to go watch those other ones if I don't have to restrict myself at the podcast. But you yeah. absolutely can go uh, watch them if you wish. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think I would like to see what happens to that world. Okay. Uh, for yourself, Georgia, what would you give this out of 10? Oh, it's so hard to rate when it's so in my brain as a film that is me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll give it eight and a half arrows through uh, <laughs> apples. <laughs> it out of it did happen a lot. <laughs> and, yeah, just got one power. <laughs> if you're an apple in this world, watch out. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I, 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 I agree that I don't think it's a spectacular film, hmm. but it's very good. Uh, what it's setting out to do I think mm. it achieves mm. a lot of the goals that it that it sets out to do um, uh, clearly with the three films that followed and them all being relatively successful as well um, like it, this it, it was massively important they got this first film right and I think they absolutely did um, Jennifer Lawrence is great it's a really good cast mm. and I'm kind of in the same boat as you Simon I'm, mm. I'm curious to see what happens next In I mean I know a little bit of it and I'm still engaged where it's like mm. ooh all the all the older Hunger Games people come yeah. back, uh, and I look forward to maybe finding out what stunt casting they did. <laughs> <laughs> Could be tremendous fun. Um, it, it's a good solid film. It'd be a great one to just watch on like a rainy Sunday afternoon. I could rewatch this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, when I rewatched them last year or the year before, I feel like I was like house sitting 
mm. didn't have much work on and I just sat with like whatever dog I was also looking after <laughs> on mm. the couch and just like gave him a rewatch in like over like a couple of nights and it was just the best way to spend some evenings. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, Hunger Games 2012 um, seven and three fingered salutes out of ten. It's <laughs> I'm just gonna look mournfully up at the camera, having just put flowers over a dead child. Yeah. And just hold up seven fingers. <laughs> that is probably go, the longest. That is the score. <laughs> that is probably the longest cinema catch-up club uh, title <laughs> count we've ever. Had. Yeah, seven mournful fingers out of ten is. What I'd give. Um, so that brings us to the end of this review. Simon and Georgia, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you thank very you much. so much for having me on my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it's only fair that you're, you were on your childhood episode. Um, and for listeners at home, thank you for joining us. Want us to do more Hunger Games? Let us know. We have a number of different ways. Uh, you can get in touch with us through Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. Leave a comment. Um, if any suggestions by a G. Smith may, uh, <laughs> may, be, may be viewed suspiciously. But otherwise, uh, please go there. Say if you want to see us do more Hunger Games, great. If you've got a particular young adult film series you want us to do, there's obviously, you know, the big one that we haven't touched on yet. Um, I'm sure we'll get to it one day. Um... And that is, of course, the Percy Jackson films. Of course. <laughs> uh, but if you want us to cover Percy Jackson. I thought you were talking about Aragorn. Harry Potter. Yeah, Aragorn, yeah. <laughs> no, they'd be great. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Bloody um, Jeremy oh. Irons, Trainings on How to Maze Drive. Maze Runner dragon. was about this no, time. That was Dungeons well, and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, you want us to look at any YA <laughs> films. Just, just let us know. Uh, you can also let us know through our Patreon. Uh, if you join up for as little as a dollar a month, you get extra bonus features and goodies, and uh, you can also leave us comments there. And because you're paying us, I might, I might pay more attention to them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm tricksy like that. And uh, you can vote in the monthly polls. Yes, you can help set up the votes for the monthly polls. Uh, we've got one that is, uh, by the time this is released, uh, I believe that poll will be active. We're asking for uh, musicals. musicals. Yes, we would like. <sighs> so good. Uh, we've got some really great suggestions for that one. Um, so and some, not some good ones from me. No, yours were yours were fine. Can- Cannibal the musical yeah. is is, I'm sure, streaking ahead <laughs> in the vote right now. Uh, but if you want to vote on that, look for us on the Facebook page. If you want to help build those uh, votes up or contribute in any way. Uh, patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and finally subscribe itunes soundcloud spotify uh you can get your weekly update from the world of cinema by uh subscribing and it will just come straight to your device but that's all for this week so until next time may the odds be ever in your favor bye always be odd You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.